You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? And we're back or something. Hi, everybody. Uh, Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Matt Magley from the most of the time, your host, and and part-time Chris Donovan simp, Evan Valella here. Um, joined tonight on this beautiful beginning of Pride Month. Chuck Booth's here. I am, and um, I've said a lot of bad things about Chris Donovan. Sure. And he's made me eat my words recently. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, also joining us, the man that makes most of this happen. He's he's back from being forever away, uh, like literally distance wise. It was just an ice trap. Yeah, I'm here. Um, maybe you forgot that we existed, so maybe it's not even like second favorite. It's like, oh wait, there's still doing podcasts. <laughs> the triumphant, much like the Chilean miners, we have reemerged. Um. <laughs> And are now making content for you to enjoy, or not. I'm sure we'll find out either way. Well, we're just making content. We're making content. What you do with it is up to you. It's true. It's true. Um, and we are here to talk about basically what the Philadelphia Union did uh, in the month of May. But before that, I guess, um, by the time you listen to this, it'll be yesterday. Um so June 1st, the Philadelphia Union signed Jose Martinez to a uh, two with an option of a third year contract extension. I think it's 25 with an option for 26. Um, which is big because he's one of the guys that we're constantly afraid of just kind of losing for nothing. So now we will at least lose him for something. Considering his age, it, it generally it generally feels like a lifetime union contract uh, that'll take him take him through his age 31 season at that point value only continues to drop and he is most valuable to the union so unless he really wants to leave um For sure i just it's it's hard to see a situation in which he like leaves this team without just retiring, especially considering like his connection with just the area and fans as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think when you play defensive midfielder, I mean, I think you can play a lot longer than some other positions on the field. So it's, I mean, it's, I, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe he has a career past, past the union, but like, his most effective years are going to be with the union. So yeah, I will take it with a uh, cherry on top. Yeah. And uh, hell, I mean the team as a whole over the last month, but I think especially Martinez has really turned it on um, and is starting to kind of find the passes and not be as undisciplined uh, touch wood as he was maybe at the beginning of the season um, and generally just kind of settled in to um, this year as a whole. Um, Because the team, 
you know, they, they lose, um, what, May 9th against Minnesota in the Open Cup in a, in a goofy, goofy game. Um, but then since then, rattle off one, two, three, four wins in their last five, and then the, the other game was a nil-nil against D.C. United to put everybody to sleep. The game doesn't exist. Right. Huh? Yeah, I mean, like, so while no one wanted the team to get knocked out of Champions League the way that they did, sure. they did, they've done exactly what they were supposed to do not having Champions League on their radar anymore. And that's just rack up points and rise up the East because now they're third. And while, yes, Cincinnati is allegedly running away with the Eastern Conference, um, we will see what the transfer market brings to that team when it rips pieces out of it atop the conference. And I don't see a scenario where, like, Philly loses someone significant other than our normal summer will he won't he of Kai Wagner leaving. And that's just a, at this point a bridge that we will cross when we get to it because <laughs> I, I'm not going to believe that he's actually leaving until I see that he's signed a contract with another team because we've been there to um, enough. But like, I mean, I, while the Open Cup game was annoying and allowing three three goals to Minnesota is very annoying. The fight that they showed to come back into that game and it feels like helped spur the, this run that they're also scoring goals without having Jack McLean because he's away making the USU-20s tick. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> It's just interesting based on like what we've talked about over the years and what we've even talked about this season. But, you know, uh, Bodoya goes down. You get the shift to the back three, back five. Um, Flock comes back in with um, seemingly a chip on his shoulder of, oh, I've got to earn my spot back on this team. Um, and then Gazdag, Carranza, Ure seem to just now be what they have always been or what they were last year and are putting the ball in the back of the net. And all of that leads to good things. Um, and then I think this shift to the back three has been, um, I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's really hard to break down any two of Jack Elliott, Jack uh, Gleznes and Damian Lowe. But when you put all three of them on the field, it becomes almost impossible to break them down. So, um, yeah, it's it's this team is hard to break down and they're figuring out how to score again, which is, I mean, obviously a recipe for success. Well, and um, to, to the point like Flock, sorry, Chuck, Flock, especially in this last game against Charlotte, which I think the score there should have been three or four, um, but that's the offside rule being what it is, I, I, I guess. Um, but like, that was probably one of the better games flocks had. Um, and he was getting more forward and, and playing better than normal kind of like cutback balls. Cause usually that's where it sort of breaks down for him is it's either, you know, he's bad 
with possession, and that's what kind of causes him to sort of get subbed off, or he's bad with the final pass that he needs to make. Um, but, I mean, to the point, what, eight, nine minutes into that game, he has a cutback for Carranza, and Carranza just hits the bar. Um, and, yeah, in, in May, it's just clicked. Um, again, I, I still think it's hilarious that a team didn't see that Julian Carranza was probably one of the best forwards in the league. And I know that, you know, Miami had the name guys in front of them, so that was always going to be a tough ask. But, man, I, what a steal still. Just baffling. Yeah, I mean, at this point with Carranza, like, even... I don't even think the union knew that he was going to be <laughs> as good as he has been. Um, and this development has certainly been pleasant to say the least. Uh, but with this shift also, I think it brings back, cause like we've talked a bit about the fact that of even wanting Damian Lowe to start over one of Jack Elliott or Jacob Glesnus, um, and uh, the the actual shift into a back three is like showing uh for now is he becoming cb1 what if that's just our formation now what if we have just three first choice center backs and the best way to play us defensively is i have all three of those guys in the field i mean it genuinely could be for most scenarios especially when you think about just like getting through the grind that is an MLS summer um, and now getting like, especially in the two games a week, like the way that this team was defending in a back four to start the season, that match against Charlotte ends in a draw because they give up a stupid goal for no reason. And the two offsides goals like actually matter. Um, Now it's like, you're still annoyed by the finishing in the game, but you're not going to complain that much with a 1-0 win. And I think the reality is, too, with that is, like, it gives a, um, depending on what you do this summer, it gives us it, it it gives a softer way for potentially Brandon Craig to find his way onto the field. Um, that it's not like, oh, you're throwing him there in a back four where he's got you know, not that in a back three, he doesn't have defensive responsibilities, but you've also got two guys covering you where when you throw him on the field in a back four, now all of a sudden he's got defensive responsibilities that matter. And you only have one guy who's kind of covering you and he's got responsibilities too. And so I think it's like, it, it potentially gives you an easier way to get him on the field. Um, but I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, Damian Lowe, I think, I'm not ready to crown him CB one. CB one. I still think I, I, I said that's... for now. I did. I did add a very specific qualifier to that because I mean I I agree. Like he obviously like the center backs that we have have done plenty and have like a lot of standing room, but he was clearly added for a reason and is showing it day by day. Yeah. And this this was a different like Damian Lowe was such a different ad than what you did with some of the other like veteran center backs that you we've added over the past couple of years. And like this is a guy who can actually come in and start. And like I don't think, you know, 
Colin was not that guy. Um, <laughs> but Damien, Damien Lowe is definitely that guy. So I think it, I think it gives you, it gives you so much flexibility. I think going back a couple games, I feel like the game to me, the game against new England was the game that for me, like turned the tide for this team. I mean, you put three past a, a arena squad that is going to sit and not challenge you all that much and like whatever, but you, you still kind of punch them in the mouth and put three. And I, if I'm remembering that game correctly, that one also could have been pretty easily five, six, seven. Yeah. Um, but that was the game where I felt like this season has sort of turned now and, and the union are figuring out ways to win games and they're figuring out ways to put, put, to put, you know, put their foot on foot on teams throats yeah. in a lot of ways. The, the revs one to me was tricky because they had call it four injuries to like pretty big guys coming into that game. And then what was it? Brandon by and somebody else. Was it healed? No. Like two of their starters in that game had to come out with injuries too. So by the time we get into the like back second half of that match, they're playing like none of their starters and they just, I mean, arenas teams don't attack away from home and they don't really attack at home either. Um, but with that happening to that team in that game, they're not going to come at you at all. Um, but I mean, yeah, that was a really good win. I think the one, and I guess this is just the episode where I talk about Julian Carranza a lot. I, the game that was like, oh, there's the union, is just when they were able to go, no, oh, we're okay, and just take 10 minutes and just crush New York City FC. Um, yeah. I don't know how you lose a guy twice in stoppage time in the first half, unless you just turn off really, really hard, which is apparently what New York City did, but to go from 1-0 down and then you're 2-1 up in what, three minutes of stoppage time, going to break for a second half, and then they just kill the game off and get a third, like that's a good performance. Even even um, just the disgustingness that was the game against the Colorado Rapids, like, yeah. going down early, um, fighting back to get a goal right before half and right after half. And yeah. then, like, while, yes, you still ended up in Colorado's just chaos vortex and everyone got red cards, you didn't lose, like, or even drop points in the match. Like, they... The... The steadying of the ship over this period, including getting attacking returns from Chris Donovan, um, like it's been so impressive because like just everything that we've asked of Jim Curtin with making adjustments that needed to be adjusted, how would he like deal with um all the U twenties being gone? Like he's done it. Um, and while other teams in the East are slipping back to earth, the union are just slowly climbing up the table and there's no reason to expect that realistically, like at worst that they'll finish up outside the top two in the East. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, to, 
to your point, Chuck, I think that game against Colorado, I mean, I feel like, yeah, going down early and then getting the two goals around halftime um, was super important in the way we fought, like the way they fought back in that game to get it to two to one. And, but then I even feel like the brawl, I don't, I don't mind the brawl at the end. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's oh a, no! I mean, they they need push on Blake, and you have to yeah. at that point defend your keeper. Yeah, and so I don't I don't mind them going in at that point and going, okay, you want to fight? We'll fight. You know, and like oh yeah, I know. Mean, a, at some it's... point, teams need to get what they deserve, <laughs> and in reality, in that moment. Colorado deserved worse than what they got yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. That was just the what the union were allowed to do without players actually getting like yeah. three game suspensions. Yeah. So like they did everything within reasonable means and got out with the win. So perfect. And really half the guys on Colorado shouldn't have even been on the field at that point, but yeah. Due to the incompetence of MLS referees, that's what happens. And so I think like it's 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 a frustrating thing, but it also I feel like in another way that also like woke the union up in a sense of like, okay, we won this game and we had to go to bat for our keeper, and so we're not gonna sit on the sidelines and 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 deal with it anymore. Like we're just gonna win games going forward. So I mean all of this, all of this over this past month has been, I mean, aside from the cup games, right? Um, all of all of it has been good. And like, I guess even the second, I mean, the second cup game against LA had its problems, obviously, um, and and unfortunately, it, w- it was what it was. But even the game, I mean, the game against Minnesota, like you referenced, Chuck, I think, uh, like the fight that they had to show to get back in that game. Yep. Chris Donovan scoring a couple times. Kai Wagner. Um, Kai Wagner scoring a couple times. Chris Donovan scoring once. Um, like, has propelled this team forward. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Like like you said, like New England, it was, you know, it was a game where guys were injured. They had just come off getting uh, embarrassed by, oh, yeah, yeah, shout out the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Right. Um, you know, they yeah. had just gotten embarrassed by the Riverhounds. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're in a bad run of form and kind of still are, but mm-hmm. um, but you got to win the games that you got to win, and and that's what the union are doing at this point. So what do we what do we need here going into June? Um, and then I'm a bad United States men's national team under twenty fan. I don't know when those kids come back. Well, at this point, um, they they're might not, not coming back until the tournament's over. <laughs> well, don't say they might not. They they will, they will, they will come back. It'll but, be um, so. That yeah, I mean they they have another like they they have a game this Sunday in yeah. the last eight of the tournament. Yeah, um, it is it's it's unknown of who they actually play against yet because it'll be. Uruguay or Gambia? It's uh, Uruguay. Uh, oh, Uruguay did yep. did um win that. Yep, yep. That's good because like I I am I am looking forward to them actually playing a good soccer team. <laughs> um, not <laughs> that not, the, nice. not the 
not that we should um, diminish any of their accomplishments so far, because mm. it has been impressive, even though Wild uh, Quinn, yeah. well, even though Quinn Sullivan seems to be running into a similar issue currently with the U20s and their amount of attacking talent that he is running into in Philadelphia with their amount of attacking talent. Rough. But um, Jack McGlynn and more importantly with this back three, as um, Justin mentioned, Brandon Craig have uh, shined very brightly. And from free kicks where you're not specifically like, actually, no, I mean, no, I'm not even going to make that qualifier. Brandon Craig might be just as good at as Kai Wagner at taking free kicks. Like, just period. Maybe. I haven't seen it. <laughs> the, uh, the final is the 11th, if they get that far. Um, the semis are the 8th. I mean, it's nice looking at the Union schedule because the Union don't have a game for 10 days after the, after the 11th. So, like, virtually that gets McGlynn, barring injury, coming right back into the starting lineup as soon as he gets back. Yeah, they'll um, have a, they'll have a with, week to kind of... With even a 10-day rest period. So, I think, like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's just good stuff uh, going forward. I mean, I think the tough thing is, you know, Montreal this weekend. Montreal is never fun. Um, so whatever fun we're going to have is going to come with the final whistle. Uh, and hopefully they can get back at Montreal for that game earlier this season. Um, and hey, then, we thought the Revs wouldn't be fun, and that ended up being fun. Well, it was fun. And then, you, and then you have a week. You have a week till you go to the West Coast to play San Jose. So, I mean, I think it's – you got to – we only have four games this month, four MLS games this month. You know, you got to get as many points as you can and just yeah. keep moving, you know. Yeah, um, I think that starts with a win on Saturday. Would be nice. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you, you, it, it definitely is reaching that point of the season where you want to beat the teams in your conference and then hope to at least draw going away to San Jose because I mean they are performing relatively well right now, um, and even even without the U twenties, like the union should be favored against most teams in MLS. Um, so yeah. it is and always should be disappointing when they lose soccer matches. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Montreal is always tricky. Um, I will agree we always talk about how it's just one of the least entertaining games on the calendar every time they play um you know which is which is fine but they're they're a beatable team um san jose again you know the travel there is unfortunate but you can beat them um i do have one sure um roster related question and that's um, about a player who, despite basically no one being available lately, has not appeared in last two or last, oh no, last three matches. Um, 
Does Joaquin Torres still exist? And it's a obviously a pertinent question. Um, yeah. Going to face his former team and a chance to oh, leave sick. him there. Chance <laughs> to leave him there. Um, does he still exist? Well, actually, yes. not a chance to leave him there since well, it's at home. But yeah. yeah, to to kind of just maybe change the the uh, the Adidas track jacket over top and just see if he makes it into the Montreal team bus. Um, do you need an El Senio type player when you are pl- like ahead in games and kind of convincingly winning against teams that are of no threat to attack you? No, not necessarily. Like I get that it's nice to have a guy that can needed, do that, but... but we haven't needed him since literally his like first appearance for the club. Yeah, to come back in games. Yeah. I I mean, so here's where I stand with Torres. I think Torres um Torres has a lot of learning to do of what it looks like to play on this soccer team. <laughs> and I what I mean by that is I think his his skills and stuff were needed in Montreal to win games. Like it just, it was necessary for him to at times carry the team and at times make things happen for Montreal. It's not a necessity in Philadelphia. Like he doesn't need to make things happen, but he's still playing like he needs to do that. And so my thought is I think Curtin. If I had if I had my guess, and this is not educated at all, uh, but if I had my guess, I think Curtin was getting tired of the lost balls uh, about 35 yards from goal because Torres thought, I don't need to pass. I can dribble past this guy. And then he'd lose the ball, and all of a sudden, the other team's going the other way. And I think, I think Torres needs to figure out, like, like he needs to be watching God's dog play and figure out how to play more like God's dog does uh, where God's dog doesn't need to be the focal point of the attack, but he will spring things when he needs to. And I think Torres wants to be the focal point of the attack and that's not effective on this team and the way that they choose to play. No, I mean, I definitely agree. Like agree with you because it's just, it's just been interesting um, seeing the fact that realistically in these games, it seems like Jim Curtin only has two and a half to three players that he can actually trust to bring off the bench, um, despite not not having like significant chunks of the roster and it's just become abund- abundantly clear like i mean like you said that these giveaways when he tries to make things happen are hurting the union more than they help them um and it's not like they're it it's not like you want to fully suppress a career's inventiveness because it is what makes him who he is and good at what he does but 
in the standard formation that hasn't worked i would like i do wonder if he could play as a backup striker in the back three formation just because it does give more flexibility for if the ball is lost the midfield already being clogged to stop things from happening but i also still get with facing the teams that you've been facing why he hasn't played yeah i mean i just think he has some learning to do i mean i think justin hit the nail on the head uh when he was when you were talking about like that whole he's not in montreal like he has to adapt to playing here um, I immediately thought of um, Ignacio Piatti in Montreal because it almost feels like Joaquin Torres was sort of supposed to be the next Nacho, where it was, I can't really tell you, and I'm not a huge Montreal impact or whatever they're called now, follower, but like they didn't have a whole lot of guys on that those teams other than Piotti really that you like remember as being really dynamic. And um, I think even with Torres there last year, like I, I don't think they have a whole lot of guys on that, on that roster. They're, that are very, you know, good dynamic players, I guess Piet and Wanyama, but um, yeah, I, and I, I don't necessarily know if he has to play more like Gazdog or if he just has to trust that his teammates are going to be kind of where he needs them to be. And and I wonder if it's also one of those things where he doesn't feel like he can make the passes that he can make because he's not used to people making those runs. Um, and then to the point, like, that, that Chuck makes, when you're starting forwards are that hot. Like those guys get a little mad when they're four when they get subbed off sometimes. So maybe it's fine to not rock the boat if you really don't need to. Because I'm sure watching the dude that like subbed on for you like lose the ball six times inside of 40 yards is like not good for anybody there. Yeah, I think I think it's just I don't I and, and when I say like play like Gazdog, I feel like that is what Gazdog does really well is he just sees the field and plays with the people around him. Like, he knows he's not the most, you know, he's not Mukhtar. And, like, that's okay. Like, he's a different type of player. And so, but what he does well is he plays well with Ure and Carranza and, and figures out how to, you know, when he needs to, he just plays it wide to Baizo or Wagner running down the wings and, that's what I just don't feel like I see the passes that Torres is making. Torres is looking straight up the field all the time. And I feel like just look wide, like find your guys wide. Uh, and then the middle will open back up for you because everybody knows he's just going to run right at you. And so if, if that's the way he's going to do every time, then there's no element of confusion or difference or whatever. And so it's like, just splay it wide every once in a while or just see the field. And so I don't I don't think he needs to play exactly like Gazdog. He's a different player than Gazdog. But in the way that Gazdog plays with his teammates and finds space for himself and for his teammates, I mean I think that's what Torres needs to do a little bit better. Yeah. Hmm. If he just leaves kind of quietly. (laughs) 
and the club is able to pull um, Pierre up. Because I think the idea is that they think between Raffanella, who I think bagged a hat trick at the weekend for, for the second team, Raffanella, Pierre, and Donovan, I think the idea is they can get to Corey Burke's goal totals kind of splayed out across those three guys. And, um, you know, would all of us rather probably have them bring in a guy that can just do that himself? Yes. Um, but <laughs> shipping out Joaquin Torres frees up bringing in a guy who does the kind of hold up plays, play it out wide. You've seen the system before enough to know that like this is what your job is, and you'll get fed. But like just do just kick it wide occasionally. Is that are we good with that, or is there a little bit too much money involved here, or do we not? Really? I mean, the other thing that I think is the reality that they talked about on the broadcast last night anyway, uh, is Kai Wagner still doesn't have an assist. And so he he does not in the league anyway. I don't know if he has one in open cup, No, but they were talking that that actually is absurd. They were talking. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Like it's probably the most surprising stat that, you know, Ure, Carranza, Gazdog are scoring at the pace that they did last year. And, and, and Wagner does not have an assist yet this season. <laughs> and so I think that's the scary thing. Not that, you know, not that your left back is going to get in 15 assists every season. But, Especially well, scoring goals now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, goals. he's moved on from assists, Justin. He wants goals. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, the reality for me is, like, I don't, I'm I'm wondering if by the end of the season, Carranza, Ure, and Gazdog's goal totals in and of themselves are going to replace Corey Burke's oh, probably, probably. or whatever it was. So. Uh, they, I mean, they certainly they certainly will. Like, I, I'm not I'm not really worried about replacing the Corey Burke goals. It's just been in in games where they've played in the 4-4-2, because this really hasn't been as much of an issue when they play in the back three, it's replacing Corey Burke's presence. Sure, Um, And if moving away from the back four is what you need to do to not worry about having that presence, then, like, good on Jim Curtin for doing that. Um, And, I mean, I'm sure that the diamond isn't, gone because it never really is gone and you're not just gonna ditch your base formation diamond formations are through the through the through the season um but it is going to be interesting and like and we certainly are at a point where we want to see those kids play more but yeah it's not i guess as possible as we thought it was i i don't it's it's still a it's still a very hard scenario to wrap your head around about why there hasn't been at least like five minute cameos consider like similar to like what pax and aronson got starting out i don't know i think it'll come around like once once (laughs) there's a couple games like new england where we're up three nothing like those cameos will come it's just we ha- we've also been in these games where we're like one nothing, two to one. We're defending a one goal lead, which is very different than defending a two or three goal lead. 
for sure. Um, anything else? Nah. Rest in peace, uh, Phil Neville's MLS tenure. Thank you for coming. Um, Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Klein, for coming. Um, hopefully, best of luck to you in your future endeavors, Greg Olson. That's, we'll that's selfish. At the Pod, let us know how we did, what we're doing, how we're feeling about... Um, I don't know how I, how we're feeling about um, let's flame somebody for saying the walking dead's their favorite TV show right now. And then going, I don't watch TV immediately after that was wild. Um, and then we'll talk to you guys after we beat hopefully Montreal by like three goals. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Repnet Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at RepnetScarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or be.